Welcome to episode 153 of the Black in Fashion podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in, and I hope that you are enjoying our season five, five years strong. I'm probably going to be talking about five years strong the entire season just because we just have come so far, and we have just put out a lot of education, information, and it has helped so many different people, and we've gotten so much amazing feedback over the last five years, so we celebrating this five-year anniversary the whole year long, okay? Um, I want to make sure you guys are sending in your black notes. We love to be able to give advice um, and really, really, like... Um, anything we could do to help and like really serve our black community when it comes to designers, creatives, even just black business as a whole. If you're struggling with anything in business or in fashion, feel free to send it, you know, anonymous as well. We'll answer your questions on the show and give perspective and provide feedback as well. We love to get your IMBNF videos, like talk a little bit about what makes you black in fashion and how you like being black in fashion and what does it really, really mean to you. Okay. So, of course, we can't start any episode without acknowledging our wine sponsor. Our wine sponsor is Michael Lavelle Wine. Um, they have a Chenin Blanc that's absolutely amazing, as you guys can see on the table here. And you can check them out at Happy Cork or visit their website to find out all the different locations. Now, today, I am joined by Aisha. Aisha is the owner of Influence Athleisure. Influence Athleisure is a modest, luxury, active, and comfort wear for men and women in the athleisure market. If you guys don't know what the athleisure market, it is comfort clothing. It's things that you can work out in. It's like things that transition from day to night, like very soft fabrics, lots of knits and that. And Aisha is going to get into debt with us. Aisha, welcome. Thank you for joining us this evening. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. So I don't like to start any episode without doing my little uh, this or that. <laughs> so since we're going to be in the athleisure space, I'm going to go that route this time. So hoodie okay. or hoodie or sweatshirt? Uh, hoodie. Uh, joggers or leggings? Leggings. Sports bra tank top? Uh, ooh. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say tank top. Tank top. Uh, bucket hats or dad hats? <laughs> uh, dad hats. Dad hats. Okay, cool. Um, oh, wait. Blink or Planet Fitness? <laughs> uh, I know that's more active, but. <laughs> that is more active. Um, yeah. Blink. Okay. Blink. All right, so we're going to get into a little bit about your background, where you're from, and how you got started. So uh, if you just want to tell us where you're from and when that fashion bug bit you. Oh, okay. I am from Philly, uh, born and raised. Um, And I think uh, fashion is one of those things that I have always been interested in. Um, It's always been a part of me. You know, I, I I don't drink or smoke, so my vice is clothes clothes, shoes, um, anything fashion-related, that would be my vice. Um, And it's been that way for a very, very long time. And I'm not sure if you know or clearly your audience doesn't know, I am a a Muslim woman. So um, I think that transitioning into uh, actually fully embracing Islam is one of those things that oftentimes people think presents a challenge with respect to fashion. Um, However, 
I don't think you lose that. You don't lose your sense of style. You don't lose your love of fashion. I just think that you you change how you express it. Um, so it's not something that's new. I, I, as they say, you know, I'm not new to this. I'm true to this. Boom. Um, that's my line. <laughs> <laughs> Been in love with fashion for a very, very long time. Gotcha. Now, as far as like getting your brand started, um, what did that process look like for you? Did you do everything by yourself? Did you like have to get help from others? Like, and where did the name um, Influence Athleisure? How did how did you come up with that? Well, the funny thing is that Influence was actually not the first name that I wanted. Um, I had I had another name, and I had a, a logo and everything designed for that name. And then I, I actually, you know, did the the research to kind of make sure that that name wasn't taken. Oh, wow. um, and then I found out that it actually was taken. It was just spelled um, a little bit differently. So I had to kind of pivot. And um, I I came up with influence because. One of the things that I wanted for the brand is that I wanted to influence the mindset of people in terms of what they think about modest fashion. Okay. So it seemed like a it was it was it was easy to kind of to to go from where I was into just leaning into influence and athleisure because that's the that's the premise of the brand. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of how long. I think Influence was a brainchild of mine, I would say, for at least five or six years. It's something that was always in my mind that I wanted to do, um, but I just did not, you know, I'm, I'm a married woman, I have children, and as we all know, you know, moms and wives and, you know, you're working full time, there's not enough hours in a day to do anything for yourself. Um Excuse me. So I decided, you know, it was one of those things I put on a back burner. I don't necessarily, it's not, I don't advocate for that. Um, but I think for me, it worked because once I got to a position where, you know, my children were grown um, and I started to look at that second chapter of my life, um, I decided that that chapter was going to be about me and my dreams and, and what I wanted to do. So it was a natural progression for me to, to start um, laying the groundwork for uh, launching the brand, which I did over a course of maybe about two years. Um, you know, just doing homework. I did, you know, wonderful mentorship uh, programs and, you know, as they, YouTube University, Google <laughs> University, you know, read books and, you know, tried to do as much research as I possibly could to make sure that when I launched the brand, that I launched it correctly. You know, I took my time. I made sure that everything that I needed to do legally, professionally, you know, all of that was in order before I took the leap and actually launched a brand. So while my road may be less than conventional, um, may have been less than conventional, I'm, I'm happy with it because I don't, I didn't cut any corners. I took my time, I thought it out, and I was able to put forth a brand um, that it, it you know means a lot uh, means a lot to me and it's one that I'm very proud of. Gotcha. Okay, I love that for you. So tell me, as far as like when it comes to designing like collections and putting out a brand, do you have like a design process? And are you manufacturing your goods? Are you doing it USA based or are you doing it China, Pakistan? Where are you um, getting your stuff from? And what does that design process look like for you? I have several manufacturers in different places. All of them are overseas. Um. 
the design process for me is I, you know, when I think of something, you know, I see things and I think it, <laughs> the one thing about being in the modest space is that, you know, right now um, in this day and time in society, there are so many different avenues for expressing yourself in terms of fashion. Um, you know, people can express themselves in so many different ways using fashion, but the modest space is not one that has a good amount of choices. You're very, very limited in terms of, you know, commercial brands. You're very, very limited in, in what it is that you can do in, um, in the modest space. So I actually get my inspiration from designs that are not modest that I like. And then I play with them and figure out how to make them modest. Oh, I so, love that. <laughs> so that's kind of, you know, it, it could be anything. You know, I'll see a T-shirt, I'll see a, a you know, mini skirt, mm -hmm. or I'll see tights. Or, you know, and then my brain starts working. It's like, okay, how can I make this, um, how can I make this, you know, keep the fashion, keep the edge, but make it more modest. So I think that's where the inspiration comes from and, you know, I just I just go to it and I play with it until I come up with something that um, that I like. Oh, good. So, like, I'm a, a designer as well, and I kind of have that same process. Like, I but I only make mm -hmm. jackets, jumpsuits, and handbags. So when I look at okay. something, I'll figure out a way. Like, how can I turn that into a jumpsuit? Or how can I turn that exactly. into like a fly jacket or whatever? So like I'm staying like within my foundation of my brand um, and I'm not, you know, maneuvering away from that. Do you find that like, you know, the people around you often try to tell you what to design and how to design? No, actually, I don't. Um, I, I, I do not find that. I, I know that in the, in the design space that there are a lot of people who experience that. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm blessed, whereas... And you know what? It may be because um, there really isn't a lane for modest fashion. Mm. You know what I mean? There really isn't a lane. Like you said, for example, you you design jackets and things that you know handbags. There there are lanes for those. Mm -hmm. So if you you know if somebody has a jacket, you know they have a line a jacket or um, a designer. There you know it's a it's a common design. It's a common thing to design a jacket. So there's always, well, maybe you should do it this way. Well, I've done it that way, and it worked, you know, this way for me. But I think because the lane is, is, is it's open. I don't want to say that there aren't, you know, modest designers, because they're absolute, they absolutely are, but they are far less. So I think that my lane is a little bit wider. It's mm -hmm. a little more open because there is not too many, it's not oversaturated. Gotcha. See, yeah, that makes it like a niche market. Like, so you can like really, really mm -hmm. get in there and like maximize and monetize that market because there's not a lot of people in that space. Right. Yeah, that's right. what's up. That's and what's it, up. And, and that's where it comes from. I think that, you know, trying to be someone that has a level of um, style or cares about fashion. And when you're, when you're going to, you know, different brands and designers and you're trying to find, okay, well, I like this, but it's too short. It's too, you know. So there's, there is a level of frustration when you cannot find things that speak to you and not just you as a, you know, as a woman, but just you, your entire being, whether, you know, 
whether you're modest for religious purposes or whether you're modest because you're, you know, you're shy or, you know, I've had women who have um, wanted to wear pieces in my brand because they had just had children and they weren't confident and, you know, they weren't comfortable and they wanted, you know, just wanted to be a little bit more covered, but they wanted to be stylish. And then, so there, there are a whole host of reasons why people opt to um, cover. Mm. Um, for me, the, the option to cover is, you know, be, because I'm a, a Muslim woman, you know, that's paramount for me. But what I have found in this space is that uh, modesty is not something that is just for Muslim women or just for religious women. There are a lot of women out there who just simply would prefer um, to just dress a little bit more modest and, and would dress a little bit more modest if they found pieces and items of clothes that allowed them to do that without compromising their style. Gotcha. See, I think I'm a mix. I have my times like when I really want to dress modest as well. And it's like, it's so hard to find clothing that ain't tight as hell. Like, uh, you know, low cut. Like, it's so much stuff. Like, I was actually speaking to one of my clients recently. I'm like, there's a market for women who want to dress just, I ain't going to say regular, but just dress but not having everything hanging out. Like, they don't want to have yeah. everything tight, you know, that's, like, getting a little bit older. Absolutely. So, like, you know, and it's, it's a big market, I think, for that. You know, we in, we need to start monetizing on that market. Listen, you, you are preaching here. Girl. But it's, it's true. It, it, it's very, very true. And I think it, it, it is a neglected space um, because even when, when you try to look for things, for some odd reason, modesty is often synonymous with dull or drab or you know it doesn't look good so when you look for things in that space that's what you find you're finding things that are just not appealing or not attractive or you know just it's something that like makes you almost makes you a little bit depressed to kind of look at it because I think that that is the world view with respect to being you know covering up it's like, why would you want to cover up or if you want to cover up then you know you're embarrassed or you don't really care how you look or so there, there's, there's not a lot of options for somebody. You know, maybe you just want to throw on a hoodie or, or, or a, you know, I have uh, one of my signature pieces is, is a hoodie dress. You know, mm -hmm. like in this, this type of time of the year, listen, you run in a store, you know, you get up, it's cold. If you have dog, you walk in the dog. Listen, you, you, maybe you just want to throw on a hoodie. Maybe you want to throw on a hoodie dress and some tights and your sneakers and be out, you know, shopping or whatever. You don't want to have to, okay, well, let me, you know, I got to hoist the boobs up and put this on and tighten it. You don't want to do all of that, you no, know. But not at options, all. <laughs> like, not at all. <laughs> Please. You want to throw on a hoodie, a baseball cap, and still be cute, you know, as, especially as a woman. You know, you want to throw on something and still be cute and still look good, you know, but you want to be comfortable, and I think for me, that, that, is, that is a huge part of the concept and the idea behind the brand is just luxury, comfort, um, look good, and feel good. I love that. Love that. And that's what I want for you. Okay. <laughs> right? I luxury. I want that for all of us. Luxury and comfort. Like, we do not have to be. I think people are used to having ill fitting clothes and just wearing what's right. there that they don't even know how your clothes are supposed to fit. But people tug, you tugging on your clothes all day and pulling this down, pulling this to the thing, this making you itch. It's just so annoying. Like, and taking more pride in comfort, comfort and luxurious. Mm -hmm. Like, that's like 
That's a tagline, girl. It is. Listen, <coughs> all day, every day. Now, um, I have a segment. It's called. <coughs> excuse me. I'm sorry. <coughs> it's called this or that. Um, I'm sorry. Not girl. I already did this or that. I'm crazy. It's been a long Friday, girl. The, <laughs> I have a segment called "It's a Success or It's a Disaster." Can you tell me okay. about a time in your business where something went completely bad, but you learned something from the experience and it made you a you know a better business person, entrepreneur, anything like that? The way you like really took like something going negative and turned it into a positive. I think that um, one of the things that I learned in business and and launching this brand is that there are a lot of people who say that they want to support you mm. um, and want to assist you, but. I think they say it when they don't really anticipate you actually doing what you said you're going to do. So I think for me, the the lesson was um, set out to do what I'm going to do and do it. You know, Mm -hmm. don't worry about whether or not this person is supporting you or that person is supporting you. Um, I think that we... And, and, and as women, as black women, we know uh, we need to be our own cheerleaders. Mm-hmm. We know that. But sometimes I think we miss that because we spend so much time supporting everyone else's dream that we automatically think that when it comes down for us, t- comes time for us to start realizing our own dreams, that people will do the same. Gotcha. I love um, that. So I think. That was the lesson for me is to learn that everybody is not me, that everybody does not do things, does not look at things the way that I look at things. And once I learned to stop expecting people to, to do me like I do them, mm-hmm. then it was easier for me to just kind of say, okay, well, listen, I'm going to move out and I'm going to do me, you know? Um, but that, I think that was probably the hardest lesson it was me learning that um, people don't necessarily treat you the way that you treat them. Girl, now that could be a whole episode. It really could. <laughs> because, like, you know, the entre- being in the entrepreneurship space, but also just being, like, a loving, caring person, you know, um, and mm-hmm. therapy has definitely helped me with, like, setting boundaries and, like, giving that energy. Like, not everybody deserves that because I don't have to stop mm-hmm. being who I am. In order because I because right. I'm not getting that person back, but knowing when to filter that, um, really right. when to filter that and who to give my energy, my time, all these different things to, um, because not everybody deserves that. And right. I I had to, I was having a conversation with my best friend recently, and I literally was telling her the same thing. But she's almost like, I just want people to treat me the same way, and I'm like, you can't expect that because people ain't gonna treat uh-uh. you the same way. And I'm like, and with friends, she's like, and I did this for her, I did this for her, I did. You talking about another friend? And I'm like, did you tell her? Because sometimes. A person don't even know. Like, hey, I asked you to do one thing, and you can't show up for me. And right. I showed up for you twelve right. times over. Uh, and it's not right. like you throw. And it's not like you mean it to throw it back in their face. But it's just like, girl, I'm always here for you. I always show up for you. And I asked you for one thing, and you are not reciprocating that energy. Now you either gonna speak up, you gonna say something, and bring it on notice, or you're just not gonna fuck with them no more. That the, you know what, and that's real though. It, it, it's it's a hard it's a hard reality, mm-hmm. and you know you always see these things on social media, these memes, and you know different things that says, listen, check on your strong friend, mm-hmm. you know, because 
when you are the person that everybody goes to, when you are the person, whether it's advice or whether it's, you know, a shoulder to lean on, when you are that person, oftentimes you don't require a lot. Right. True. You really don't like, you you know, but when you do require it, a lot of times you get disappointed. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because people are so used to you not requiring it that they can't really grasp the fact that in one instance you actually do require it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's a that is a it can be a huge a, can be a huge letdown. Um, it really can be. It can be very very disappointing. But you know, that's unfortunately that's the nature of relationships. Absolutely, ain't that some. So I have one more segment before we wrap up, and it's just it's called sure. it's called it's a muse, um, and I okay. just want you to share whether it is a book, um, a mantra, uh, an affirmation, anything that continues to push you forward and drive you forward that you'd want to share with another creative. Uh, it could be a prayer, um, scripture, anything. You know what I think for me, um, and as I, you know, as I started this conversation, I told you that um, I was a I, that I was Muslim, mm-hmm. and one of the things that we believe in Islam is what's meant for you won't miss you, mm-hmm. and I think that that is an important piece because sometimes when you see other people moving and you see the blessings that they may get in their life or. You know, you may feel some type of way or whatever the case is, but I think a constant reminder for me is that, listen, every single thing that I am meant to have, there is not a soul in this world that can block that for me. Mm. You know what I mean? Everything that's meant for me is, is going to be for me, and, and, and there's going to be no question about it. And that gives me comfort. It's like, listen, if something didn't happen in the way that I wanted it to happen, it's because that wasn't meant for me. There's something else out there that's meant for me. And then I keep pushing until that thing, you know, becomes obvious, becomes evident. So I think that that is something that I that I constantly remind myself of every single day. What's meant for me is not going to miss me. I hear that. Especially I was when you put out the questionnaire, you said entrepreneurship, definitely not faint for the faint. I'm like, ain't that right, girl? Because what's meant not for you is what's meant for you is what's for you. OK, mm-hmm. Not at all, not at all. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it in the world. I, I trade it for anything in the world. It, as hard as it is, and as difficult as it is, and I think that's one of the things that I wish entrepreneurs would do more is like talk about, you know, the fight and the, and the struggles, and sometimes the pitfalls and the challenges. Absolutely. Um, you know, and despite all of that, I, you know, I love what I do. You know, mm-hmm. I I love my brand. I love my customers. I love creating um i love seeing people in the things that i created you know i I wouldn't i wouldn't trade any of it for anything i I think all of it was his has been instrumental in bringing me to the point that i am now and um will be instrumental in taking me to the point that i need to get to um you know taking me to get to the next level absolutely i love that um, so I'm going to put all of your social media handles as well as your website in the show notes. But just for our listeners, if you just want to throw them out so they know where to follow you and how to shop with you and how to get in contact with you. Absolutely. Uh, the website is www.influenceathleisure.com. Uh, my social media, I'm on Instagram is um, influence.athleisure. 
I'm on Facebook as Influence Athleisure, and I'm also on TikTok as Influence Athleisure. Thank you so much, Aisha, for joining us today. You have an amazing Friday, um, and I definitely will be on the website checking you out and see what I can back because I love to support my black designers. Well, I appreciate you, and um, I, I wish you all of the best. I think your podcast is absolutely amazing, and it's necessary. Um, so I definitely appreciate you, um, and I wish you all the best, all the success in, um, in the future. Thank you so much. You have a great day, love. Thank you. You right. do the same. Bye-bye. Bye now. And as I always say, people, stay black. Peace out. But side note, though. I'm going to start making sure I have on a black designer every time I come on this podcast. Today, I am wearing Adrienne Amaya, this little number right here. I'm going to stand up so y'all can see it. Boom, bow, boom. Okay? And then last week when I was on the show, I had on something by Sanji. So, peace out.